If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. Route 66 has been an excellent series. It's a a unique idea to walk through all uh, 66 books of the Bible. It's going to take some time, but it is important. Uh, And I grew up in church, uh, in in Sunday school and in children's church and all that stuff, and and, uh, learned about the characters of the Bible and learned all the popular stories of Jonah and the whale and Noah's ark and all these things. And we put the little felt characters up on the board and we went through all the different stories of it. And you just assume when when you grow up that way that everybody else did too. And the truth is, is that, you know, it's, it's not, everybody didn't grow up in church. And everybody didn't hear all the cool stories that you got to hear. And not everybody knows that a man was actually swallowed by a fish. It's amazing. We consider that to be second nature. We know, that, oh yeah, dude, swallowed by a fish. The fish puked him up on the shore. That's the way the Bible tells it. But they, it's an amazing story that a lot of people don't know. And so as you walk through these stories, as you walk through the books of the Bible, uh, to point out these attractions and these mementos and these persons of Christ is very important because people, you can't assume that everybody knows. And, and I really am encouraged by this series and encouraged by what uh, Pastor Eric is doing uh, here for us and for you. And it's, uh, it's been really great. Today we're going to walk through uh, the book of Deuteronomy. Now, Deuteronomy is famous for a lot of different things, one of which is the blessings in chapter 28. You've all heard them before. Uh, if you are faithful to and, and obey the word of the Lord, the Bible says in 28, then all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. That the God will command these blessings on you. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed in your basket and blessed in your storehouse. Blessed shall you be in your coming in and in your going out. When you lie down and when you wake up. And all these blessings, it's an amazing, powerful blessing of God. But what most people don't know is that because of the law that Moses was laying down in Deuteronomy, that the curses far outweighed the blessings. Because in the law, the Bible, the the law of, of Moses, if you did good, you would get good things. If you did wrong, you would get bad things. This is the way it worked back then. But thank God that he sent his son to die for us to fulfill that law so that not only did he cancel out, the Bible says that Christ became a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is every man who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that we might receive the the spirit of promise by faith. So when Christ came and gave his life for us, not only did he take upon himself every curse, but he put upon us every blessing. So the blessings that are in Deuteronomy all belong to you. The curses do not. That's the difference between a Christ-lived lifestyle and a law-lived lifestyle. Isn't that amazing? The grace of God is very amazing. So when you read these stories, when you read about uh, a man named Moses, and and you heard about him in in the book of Exodus and all the great feats that God did, uh, how he struck the rock and the, the water poured out, how he stretched the staff and his rod out over the, the ocean and God split the ocean and the people of Israel walked across on dry land. It's amazing. After they had taken the gold from the Egyptians, I mean, it is, it's, they became such a pain in the neck for these Egyptians that I, I don't know how they got away with this other than the favor of God. The Bible says that God told them, while you're on your way out, not only are you not going to be slaves for them anymore, not only has all these bad things happened to them because they tried to keep you captive, but I want you to go up and knock on the door. I want you to ask them for their necklace and their watch and all their gold and silver and all their clothes and fine clothing and their shoes and all this. And what, how ridiculous. What an impossible situation. But God's favor made it happen. And they walked across on dry land carrying a bunch of necklaces like this going, man, God is good. And they got away 
and they got on the other side of the, on the, uh, the water, and just as soon as the water closed back up and they were delivered, they started complaining. Now, Moses didn't choose to be who he was to these people. We all heard the encounter that he had, the burning bush. He, he saw a bush burning in the middle of the backside of the desert while he was keeping his father-in-law's sheep. And there's something to be said about keeping another man's thing until it becomes your own. How you handle someone else's will determine how much comes to you. This is the truth. And he was keeping his father-in-law's sheep on the backside of the desert and he saw a burning bush. And in that bush, he met the Lord. And the Lord gave him this call and this purpose. He didn't look for it. It wasn't something that he decided to do. It was something that happened to him as a result of being faithful. And God blessed him and gave him this call to be able to deliver the people. He put this thing on him. And it was an amazing call that turned out to be such a burden because of the people. And here in Deuteronomy, we can see, if you'll turn to, to chapter 8, we're going to start at chapter 8 and verse 18. But I want to tell you, actually, let's read that. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. Are you ready? And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he, God, may establish God's covenant, which God swore to your fathers as it is this day. This is something that God is doing. Your only requirement, he said, is to remember him. God will do the rest. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the next few minutes under your word, Lord. We thank you for the anointing power. I thank you personally, Lord, for being who you are to me. Holy Spirit, my great friend, my greatest asset, I thank you that you do now what I cannot, and that you ready the hearts of these listeners, Lord, and that you translate, translate, my friend, the word of God to these people exactly where it needs to be, Lord. You have anointed my lips. You have anointed this word, and I thank you that it, those two things together will accomplish great things. I thank you for your word, Lord. There's nothing like it. Nothing stands beside it. Nothing ever has and nothing ever will. Your word is forever settled in heaven and it is forever settled in us. And we thank you for that, God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Deuteronomy starts out with Moses telling a story. It's not like the rest of the Bible. It's not like the rest of the, the, uh, the books, really. There's nothing really going on. Everything that you're hearing in Deuteronomy has already happened, and it is Moses recapping to the people of Israel what had already transpired. He's reminding them of all the great things that God did. He's going through from stage one to stage two to stage three, and so what you're about to hear today is not a unique story. It's not something that's happening right now. What you're going to hear is me telling a story that Moses was telling. To some, and so it's a story within a story within a story. It's going to be real interesting. Are you ready? He starts in, 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 in with these people in chapter 1. It says that he called the people together, and he started reminding them how God had promised them this land. And then he reminded them, and I think it's funny. I, I know it wasn't funny at the time, and certainly not to him, but I think it's a, 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 a great thing that he reminded them that he didn't get to go into the land, and it wasn't his fault. He reminds them throughout Deuteronomy. He goes, I could have went in the land, but you people messed it up for me. It is. It's true. I didn't choose to be this. All I was trying to do was the best for you. But because I struck the rock, because I was frustrated with you, God's not going to let me go into the land now either. You blew it for me. But I think it's encouraging that he continues to tell the story anyway. Isn't that funny? He starts the story. He says, God promised us this land, and he delivered us out of Egypt. 
And he reminds them of how God split the sea for them. He reminds them of all the great things that God did, how he delivered the manna, how he caused the water to flow from the rock, how God had taken care of them all this time. And it says, then he commanded us to go into the wilderness. And we've all heard that story, right? We've all heard the story of, 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 of the wilderness. And, and we always, uh, you know, it's not something that we read in great detail or hear a lot of. And so we, we, we always hear it in reference of them wandering in the wilderness. And the word wandering really suggests that they're just kind of aimlessly walking around, lost. And that's the opinion I'd always heard. It's the opinion I'd always had about the story of the children of Israel in the wilderness. But the truth is, is that when, when they came to Moses and they said, let us go and send some spies up to the good land, to the land that God promised us. Let's, let's, let's go. And I always thought that that was the Lord's idea. That wasn't the Lord's idea. The Lord told him this land is good. You are going to possess it. And so he shared this information with the people and said, the Lord has promised us this great land that we are going to inherit. He promised it to your fathers. He promised it to you. And we're going to go up and seize it. And the people said, wait a minute. Let's send some people up there to see for ourselves how the land is. And they disguised it as if they weren't, as if they weren't out of faith. They said, we'll go up and see what the best course of action is to be able to take ourselves up the land. And you know the story. They sent the 12 spies up there, and the 12 spies saw these giants, and they brought back grapes, these great big grapes, and they were carrying them on rods. And they said, the land is good, but it's full of giants. We cannot. We're not able to do it. Only Joshua and Caleb, only the two men, decided that they were going to believe what the Lord said over what they saw with their own eyes. You see, the sin there was not that they, that they were afraid. The problem was is that when God called something good, they set a work in motion on their own part to make it happen. You know, when God promises you things, when he speaks a word to you, when he sets out a direction, it sometimes can be burdensome if we decide, okay, here's what the Lord has for my life. What can I do to set it in motion? What can I do to start this ball rolling so that I can end up where God wants me to be? And we take the promise of God and make it our duty to perform when it was never. It was never our duty to sort out how it needed to happen. It's never been your duty to, to, to check out what God says and see how you can perform it. So God sent them into the wilderness. And it's funny that they weren't wandering that he was sending them to specific places. And you can read, I encourage you, I would read it today, but I don't have time. But you can read uh, chapter one through about chapter five or six. And you'll read how God sent them for 38 years from station to station in the wilderness. And every camp that he sent them to, he told them, you can go in, you can buy water, and you can buy food, but you don't go up against them in battle because I won't be with you. Don't try to fight these people because I won't be with you because I gave the land to them. And so they went and, they, and Moses tells them the story that they already knew they had already been through. And he's telling their children how they went from land to land and from king to king. And they saw these lands that God had given away. And so when it seemed like they were wondrously aiming, aim, aimlessly wandering, God was sending them on a specific mention so that he could, they could see what it looks like when he gives them a land. When God gives a promise, this is what it looks like. I don't want anybody touching it. You don't, you're not allowed to go up against them. Nothing can come against what I have given. And God is proving this to them so that the next time he says, I promise you to land, it doesn't matter how many giants exist. 
In fact, he says that the lands that God took them to used to be possessed by lions, by lions, giants. Giants used to inhabit all these camps, and now they don't. Guess who does? The people that I give it to. Do you think when God promised you something that he didn't know the giants lived there? They came back and they were like, God said this land was good, but they're so much taller than us. They're so much greater than us. We're like grasshoppers compared to them. And God said, oh, you're right. My bad. I didn't re- let me reconnect, you know, recalculate. You're right. It wasn't that land. I'm sorry. It was the other land. I didn't realize there were giants. My apologies. No. God knew. God knew who inhabited that land. But he didn't bother to mention it to him because it wasn't anything to him. He didn't tell him about the giants because he didn't consider giants to be a problem. And he expected them to not either. So I feel like it's important to tell you today that when God promises you a land, when God promises you something, no matter who inhabits it, no matter who doesn't, no matter how impossible the situation or ridiculous the suggestion, God, wherever he sends you, he has already been. He's already been. God spied out the land. There was no reason for them to even do it because he spied it out for them. He picked it out for them. And wherever God is sending you today, whatever road that God has for you and whatever destination and destiny for your life, rest assured that you will possess it because he has already been there. He's already paved the way. When the children of Israel were preparing to exit from, from Egypt, the whole time they were gathering gold and the whole time they were pulling things together and preparing, God was measuring the depth of the ocean. He was preparing and going before them. Moses tells the story to the people. He said, the Lord, your God goes before you. You're going to inherit the promised land because God himself will go over the Jordan before you and he'll prepare it for you. There's nowhere that you can go in life that God has not already been. Don't be afraid of the journey. He'll be there when you get there. Amen. Yeah. And we read this. Amen. We read this in chapter 8, verse 18. It says, For you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gave you, who gives you the power to get wealth, that he might establish his covenant with you that he swore to your fathers. Amen. God is looking to establish his covenant in your life. And the way he does that Amen. is by giving you the power to get wealth. It's amazing. Yeah. It's how people know that God is good in your life because you live healthy. You live above. Amen. There has to be some benefit to the believer. Otherwise, what's yeah. the point? If I'm going to be sick and broke like everybody else, and it's a sacrifice to me to serve God, if it's a, if it's a burden to me, and it doesn't really matter because the end result's going to be the same, then what's the point? Why do it? But it's not. It's a joy. It's a pleasure. Yeah. You just have to change the way you think about it. You have to change the way you see your God and know that it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Moses told these people, when you go into this land. So he's told them the history of what happened. Then he tells them the the, the good things that they're going to inherit, the land that flows with milk and honey. And it says that when you eat, when you eat much and you have been full and when you are satisfied and when you build for yourself great big houses and when you see the blessing of God in your life and you flourish in the land, remember the Lord. Remember God. God is going to do this for you. 
There was never a question whether or not the land was good. There was never a question whether or not they were going to flourish and whether or not their lives were going to go forward and whether or not it was going to be a good thing. The only question was, would they remember where it came from? Remember the Lord your God, it says. So our memento today. Are you ready? In keeping with the program, okay, because I have to provide a map in Deuteronomy. Memento. I keep saying memento. That's not how it is. It's Texas. I don't know. Memento. An attraction, and P is the person of Jesus Christ, and that's the, the format that's been laid out. So our memento today, are you ready? I want you to write this down. My greatest days are ahead because I know what God can do. My greatest days are ahead. I know what God can do. Did you know that God is the same? The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can know what he will do by knowing what he has already done. You understand? God has blessed many. God has blessed you. There are good things ahead. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And we hear that and people have it tattooed on their arms and we hear it all the time and we, we just bypass the fact that God plans on prospering us. Yeah. Amen. He wrote it out in a map. Amen. He wrote it out before the beginning of time what he wanted to do in your life and the great things and the plans that he has for you. It's only up to you to believe him and to follow the road. Yeah. Amen. Not to make it happen in your own life, but to trust that God laid it out. That he's already visited where he wants you to be. He's already prepared the soil for your seed. He's already prepared the people for your harvest. All you have to do is follow. You shall remember the Lord your God. This is our memento today. That I know that good things are in store for me. That my greatest days are ahead because I know what God can do. How many of you believe that God is great? Beyond all the stories and beyond all those things, but you know in your own life and in your own heart that God is incredible. Yes. And he has plans for you. Amen. He has plans for you. Amen. Sarah and I never saw this coming. We didn't know. In fact, I, I didn't. I never desired my own church. My life has been connected with Eric Holler. My heart was with him. There were several times that Pastor John had asked me to pastor another church. I would go speak somewhere, and they would come back and say, we want that guy to be our pastor. And Pastor John would come to me and say, uh, they want you to be their pastor. And I would quickly say, I appreciate that, and I'm flattered, but no. I'm with Eric. On a couple of different occasions, this has happened. And then this one came around. And Pastor John spoke with Pastor Eric told him the situation and we met at Starbucks. I don't know how much of the story you've already heard. We met at Starbucks and he shared this with me. He shared the dream that he had had and he shared uh, the opportunity with me. And I can't say that I immediately felt yes. All I could say is that I didn't immediately feel no. This one was different. This was a different opportunity. This was an opportunity for me to not only flourish but to help my friend flourish and to, to, to help this church flourish. And this was just a totally different deal. We were in Granbury last week and, and we were preaching there. And uh, when we were leaving, 
it was raining so hard there. It rained seven inches in three hours. Seven inches in three hours. That's a flood. Okay, there was flood. Yeah. And Cody, uh, y'all know Cody Brown, the bull rider? He told me, he said, I prayed for rain yesterday. I said, yeah, and you got a flash flood. <laughs> hey, pray for something for me, would you? <laughs> if you pray for rain and you get a flash flood, hey, I need you on my prayer team, bro. <laughs> it's a beautiful place, Granberry. The lake had been down, you know, it's down 11, 12 feet. It rose up six feet that day. A lot of rain. And on the way home, it was raining so hard. It was raining so hard while I was preaching that on that tin roof, they could barely hear me, which frustrated me because I even, I, even though I knew they needed to rain, I felt like what I had to say was pretty good. <laughs> and I wanted them to be able to hear me. I was like, Lord, you know I love you, but if they can't hear me, what's the... <laughs> on the way home, it was raining so hard, we couldn't, literally couldn't see the car in front of us. You ever been in such a rainstorm that it seems like the water's coming up? It's fast as it's coming down. I'm talking about just splashing up off the road and whoosh, the noises you made. And I got my kids with me and my wipers are going as fast as I can. Just torrential downpour. I couldn't see the road. I couldn't see the stripes. I couldn't see the path. But all the rain in the world, all the chaos in the world didn't change the fact that the road was still there. Just because I couldn't see it doesn't mean that the path stopped to exist. Amen. You understand that God has a plan and a purpose for you, and it is of good things. And there are going to be things that you don't understand sometimes. There are going to be directions that are not quite clear, but rest assured yeah. that the road has been paved. The road has been paved. Right. Let's look at chapter 23. My best days are ahead of me because I know what God can do. And our attraction, chapter 23 and verse 5, are you ready? Nevertheless, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam. Now, we heard this story last week, uh, Pastor Eric Priest, about how uh, Balaam was hired to curse Israel. And he was riding on a donkey, and the donkey started acting a fool, right? And he didn't know why, so he was smacking this donkey around, which I would have too. You, you know, if you, if you got a donkey, donkey's made for one thing. That's to carry you somewhere, and that's it. Not to ask questions, not to be laying down on the job. So he's beating this donkey up. And what's the donkey do? Turn around and say, hey, what an amazing story in the Bible. The donkey talking to the man. I don't know if y'all missed that. That is a donkey talking to a human. And what's even more incredible is that the human talks back to the donkey. Now, if that ain't some, some Bugs Bunny type stuff, I it's an amazing story. And we know how the story went. He went up to curse the people, and he could not. God put blessing in his mouth because when God has blessed something, no man could curse it. It's amazing. And Moses is now telling them, reminding them in chapter 23, he says, Nevertheless, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam, but the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loves you. Yeah. Now, it's interesting that in the entire Old Testament, this is the only time that this phrase, the Lord your God loves you, shows up. It's not phrased like that anywhere else. We hear in John about how in this is love, that not because we first loved him, but because he first loved us. And it describes the love of God all throughout the Bible. It's evident for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that he, whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We understand the love of God. We have that understanding. These people did not. What they knew about God is that God would mess you up if you got out of line. You didn't do what he was, just lightning bolt. 
gone. God didn't play. They, they knew this about him. They had, been, they had seen the wonders of his hands and they were afraid of God. To the point where Moses said, let's go up on the mountain and speak to the Lord. And they saw all this fire and lightning and all that. They said, no, 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 no. No, Moses, you go up there. I ain't, you think I'm going, I'm not going up there. We're content to stay right here. You go on up there and talk to him. Whatever he tells you to do, whatever he says, we're, we'll do it. And that's when the law came. Because man stopped wanting to communicate with God. He said, just give us instruction. We'll, we'll live off of instruction rather than relationship. They didn't know the love of God. And here Moses is sharing it with them. I find this incredible for a couple of reasons. Is it a great big miracle, a big work of the hand of God? No. Is it like the other attractions where it's something incredible to see? What we're seeing here is a man who had been hurt. Okay? Hurt by the people. Used by these people. We're seeing here in the entire, in the entire book of Deuteronomy... Not a bunch of great actions, but a man who is fulfilling his duty regardless of how he feels about the people. God got fed up with these people on a couple of different occasions and said, that's it, Moses, I'm going to kill these fools. They don't love me. What else do I have to do? I send them manna. I cause, cause the water to flow. I do all these great things in front of their face, and they still don't honor me. They still complain. They still don't believe. They still don't love me. What else am I? I'm going to kill them, Moses. The Bible says that he laid down in front of God's face. Moses knew God face to face like a friend. Unheard of. And he laid down on behalf of the people. And he said, Lord, you chose these people. Please don't kill them. Don't kill them. I know you love them. I know you love me. I know they're knuckleheads and I know they get out of line. But Lord, don't kill them. But they didn't see all the things that Moses did for them. They disregard the fact that while God was wanting to kill them, he stood in between them. That every good thing that they had from God came because he spoke to God on their behalf. They don't realize that. You see, you don't understand sometimes that your leadership is there between you and the Lord going, hey, bless the people. We want to look at the decisions sometimes that are made in the workplace or whatever. The boss may say, that was a dumb decision. I could have done better than that. Yeah, maybe. But you ain't the boss, Jack. It's true. It's the truth. And Moses, here he is, been abused by these people, been hurt by these people, been ran over, doesn't get to go into the promised land because of these people. And he knows it. He knows he's not going in. He knows that God said, I'll show it to you from a mountain, Moses. How painful to go up to the top of the mountain and see this great land. And not be able to go. In fact, at the end of the chapter, at the end of the, the, the book, you can read how Moses died on that mountain. God said, you go up on the mountain and die, Moses. You're not going in. How painful to be able to see the promise of God from a distance and not be able to touch it. Because of the trauma and the nonsense that he went through for the people. The Bible says that he died on that mountain full of vigor. His eyes were not dim, and he still had vigor in his years. He was not finished. He had not given all he had, but he had to die. I don't want that to be my life. 
I don't want that to be my story, that I still had more to give and was unable to give it. But Moses had to because he was responsible for the people. He was responsible for that. And after being hurt and being beaten down, he tells them, the Lord your God loves you. He continues to show them how to be blessed. He continues to lay out things for them that are good for their life. This is the attraction that the man operated out of God's love and not his own. And if I could tell you anything today that when you interact with other people, I know sometimes it gets frustrating. I know sometimes that you just, you just want to lose it. Operate out of the love of God and not your own. Because the love of man has limits and the love of God has none. God loves the people. And Moses Amen. made the best decisions he could. Even though they were not popular, even though the, the, the people didn't agree, Moses valued the love of God yeah. for the people over his own opinion, over the opinion of the people. He valued his calling. He valued what he was supposed to accomplish more than what was popular. Yeah. I was sitting at Starbucks with my friend, and he said, they've asked for you to pastor this church, Brandon. Of course, tears well up in my eyes because I don't consider myself to be any big deal. And somebody's asking for me? <laughs> what an honor. What a privilege. God. I said, Eric, I'll do it if you want me to do it. He said, I know you will, but I don't want that to be the reason. Don't let that be the reason why you do it. I know you'll be faithful. I know you'll do what I tell you to do or what I ask you to do, but that's, this is different. And he said, can I talk to you as my friend? I said, yeah, of course. He said, Brennan, I want people to see you for what you really are. You're worth more than offerings and dismissals to me. And I want the world to see what you have to offer. Amen. And above all the decision-making factors, above all the ways and the pros and cons, that's what did it for me. Because my friend who could have selfishly said, don't leave. Who could have commanded me to go either way and I would have went. He knows my heart and he knows my loyalty. He said, I love you and I want you to go up. I want you. Oh, what an amazing thing that he valued the love that God has for me and the plan that God has for me above his yeah. own. Amen. It's tremendous. And that's what made the decision for me. And I went home and I spoke with my wife and we talked about it. And we came to the conclusion that this is what God wanted us to do. That we didn't know how, for how long. We don't know the road. But we know that this is, this is the way. We made this decision out of love. Love not only for my men. Love not only for my family. But love for this house. And when we go, we go with your words in our mouth. We go with your love in our hearts. And all of you that have impacted our life, you go with us. God is going to do an amazing thing because he's already been there. Our best days are ahead because I know what God can do. I know what he can do. I know what he will do. Because I know that we have the love of this house and the love of my pastor with us.
we are going to accomplish great things. Our attraction here is seeing a man who operates out of love rather than opinion. And finally, the person of Jesus Christ, the P in our map, maybe the most important, for real, the most important. Because without Jesus, what does the Bible mean to us? He's in the entire Bible, all 66 books. In the Old Testament, I love the way Joseph Prince says it. He's, he says he's hiding behind a tree sometimes. You can't really see him. But sometimes he's behind the curtain just peeking out, but he's always there. Because the entire Bible is about him. Let's find him here in Deuteronomy, shall we? Chapter 18 and verse 18, please. It says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren. And this is the Lord speaking to Moses. And I will put my words in his mouth. He shall speak to them all that I command him. Now let's flip over to Acts chapter 3. Are you ready? Acts chapter 3 and verse 22. We're going to read through verse 26. And I'll try to do it quickly. I know what time it is. And it shall be that every soul that will not hear the prophets. uh, Back up to verse 22, please. In the Bible, verse 22. Okay. You got it. Good job. Oh, right in the nick of time, bro. You about got fired right there. I'm just, I'm just playing. I love you. I don't even know who it is. I love you, buddy. <laughs> Since for Moses truly said to the fathers, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren whom you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul that will not hear the prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. You are the sons of the prophets and your covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Thank God for that. To you first, God having raised up his servant, Jesus. Sent him to bless you and turning away every one of you from your iniquities. So in Deuteronomy, Moses says there's a prophet coming. There's a prophet coming who, who God will put his words in his mouth. And whatever he says will be commanded by God. And Jesus even said, the things that you hear me say, I don't make up on my own. I only speak what the Father tells me to speak. It's evidence. The greatest prophet of all. Not only the prophet, but the priest. Not only the priest, but the sacrifice. He was all in one. Jesus Christ, this amazing gift that canceled out every curse and brought through every blessing. This wonderful man that we call our Savior. There was no one like him and still to this day and never will be. He is the one and only God man who sits at the right hand of the majesty on high and he's forever making intercession for you. He is the only way to receive all these good things. He's the only way. His grace is sufficient for you. God has a plan for your life. Your identity is no longer your own. It is hidden in Christ Jesus. And all the blessing that he provided for you will overtake you as it describes in this book. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed in the field. Stand up with me, please. Blessed in your basket and blessed in your storehouse. Blessed shall you be in your coming in and in your going out. Blessed shall you be when you lay down and when you wake up. 
Blessed shall you be in the city and in the country. Everything your hand touches will prosper. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11, and Wednesday evenings at 7, and in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings, and our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.